At the end of another term, I'd be in my mid-80s. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. That is Senator Mitt Romney announcing he will not seek re-election, citing his age as one of those factors. He also said this about the 2024 presidential race. I think it would be a great thing if both President Biden and former President Trump were to stand aside and let their respective party pick someone in the next generation. Uh, President Trump, excuse me, President Biden, when he was running, said he was a transitional figure to the next generation. Well, time to transition. According to an excerpt of Romney's upcoming biography by McKay Coppins, in April, Romney approached Democratic Senator Joe Manchin about building a new political party, quote, Instead of putting forward its own doomed candidate in 2024, Romney argued their party should gather a contingent of like-minded donors and pledge support to the candidate who came the closest to aligning with its agenda. We'd say, this party's going to endorse whichever party's nominee isn't stupid. Joining us now is former 2020 presidential candidate Andrew Yang. He launched a new third party in 2021 called Forward after leaving the Democratic Party, and he's the author of the new fiction book, The Last Election. We'll get to the book in a minute, but, but to that point, you know, Romney's differentiating. He's, he hasn't pursued this path, but his idea was not to start a whole new party entirely. He seemed to be endorsing whichever candidate isn't stupid, which seems to be a decent plan, I guess. <laughs> Low yeah, bar. I was curious um, what he was going to name it. The not stupid party. <laughs> <laughs> but you went a different route in terms of new party altogether. Yes. Is it because you don't think the Democratic candidate in this race, the current president, you think he's too old? Do you think he can't be the nominee? Shouldn't be the nominee? Shouldn't be the president? Well, at this point, about half of Americans say we're independents. Two-thirds want a new political alternative. More than two-thirds of young people don't subscribe to either party. So the question is, how are we going to build a system that's actually representative and, and will stand the test of time? Uh, the forward party uh, is reaching across, I, I was going to say across the aisle, but for a lot of Americans, the left-right ideological divide isn't something they live every day. And I, I experienced that when I was on the trail running for president. There are people on the right and the left who can find common ground on a lot of the biggest issues. Can you help us understand then why it never works? Why oh, a third I, party I, bid in this country has just never prevails? Yeah, I'd love to, Poppy. Um, so first, when people think third party, they immediately go to the presidential um, because Ross Perot, Ralph Nader, yeah. that sort of thing. So Forward is focusing on the half a million locally elected uh, offices around the country. We have several dozen uh, mayors, district attorneys, city commissioners who've aligned with Ford because they don't want to play the ideological back and forth. They're like, look, I'm just trying to get things done for my community. And I'm not on team blue or team red. I'm on team constituent or, or the, the office that people elected me for. I think that theoretically, most people would say that that makes a ton of sense. We, we like this idea, but I think the hard part is to Poppy's point, like actually putting the theory into practice. You, you know, you had some pushback recently from someone who used to work for the parties, the former national press secretary said, the mere imagining of a better tomorrow in its view is sufficient to reform the longest uh, standing democracy on earth. In effect, it is a party that seeks to attract support by standing for nothing other than disruption. Call it the Seinfeld party. How do you respond to that? Oh, so we're trying to improve the lives of people in Massachusetts and Missouri. And the game that people want to play right now is what are you really? Like, uh, no, no, you say you're this, like, are you Democrat, are you Republican? Because that's way, the way that uh, they want us to stay separated and pit against each other. And that's frankly the way a lot of the media 
want to operate too. Um, because they say, look, here's the blue message, here's the red message, here's what our audience wants. Now, what do Americans want? Americans actually want the same things when you, when you sit down with them. They want better lives for themselves and their kids. Uh, and unfortunately, they don't think they're getting that right now. Okay, so we got to talk about no labels because there was this reporting in Politico that you met with no labels. You've confirmed that. Um, two questions on that front. Have you talked to them about running for president? And what about Joe Manchin, who has also been connected to them? And Mitt Romney saying in this announcement yesterday that he's talked to Manchin a number of times and said, I lobby continuously that it would only elect Trump if Manchin jumps in this way. Uh, I, I'm an anyone but Trump guy. Not anyone, but like a, I'm a not Trump guy. Uh, and so if, if, if it's a binary and, choice, you're, you will vote for Joe Biden. Uh, and if I were to, to if I were to run or other people like me were to run, um, I've looked at the numbers. I would increase the chances of Trump winning if that is the matchup. Would uh, Manchin do the same? Uh, you know, I, I, you'd have to ask someone who uh, has those numbers. The numbers I've seen suggest that any of a host of figures would increase the chances of Trump winning if there is a Trump-Biden rematch. But to Mitt Romney's point, two-thirds of Americans don't want a Trump-Biden rematch. Uh, they will be a combined uh, 160 in 2024. Uh, and it's irrational that in a country of 330 million, we'd be presented with these two gentlemen at this age and stage and say, hey, these are your choices. It just doesn't make any sense. So there's a lot of energy around, okay, if this doesn't make sense, what is the alternative? So do you think no label should shut down its effort that's been doing up to this, based on the numbers you've seen? Uh, you know, I, I'm the numbers guy, uh, but numbers- Yes, you are. But numbers do, uh, you know, every number, set of numbers I've seen, it's a snapshot of a moment in time. So that's a maybe? That's a, you know, I mean, like, who knows? I mean, the numbers I've seen suggest that someone um, running would increase the chances okay. of Trump winning. You, um, you have said that you think Biden should debate, not just Kennedy, but others. Um, should a Democrat challenge Biden at this point? A hundred percent. You know, Ooh. I mean, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Governor J.B. Pritzker, Governor Phil Murphy, all of whom Governor Roy Cooper, complete support. Yeah, all of Biden. whom we all know would love to throw their hat in the ring if the DNC hadn't come and said, hey, guys, like, uh, we're going to support Biden this time. Wait your turn. And it's the next cycle. And if Biden has a health problem, maybe it's you. I mean, the, the fact is, there are only two things that could happen, really. It's that the American people say, you know what? Joe Biden was a great president for 2020, but we'd like someone else. Mm -hmm. Or Joe Biden wins, but it's a genuine process, and then everyone feels better about him. I mean, what is the downside, really, of having an open process? Let's talk about the book. Um, because third party and an actual third party that is successful or builds towards success is a, is a big focus of the book. Why did you write this book? We wanted to tell a story as to how the next election slash the last election could play out based upon a dysfunctional political system that is more concerned with trying to preserve a creaking, disintegrating status quo than actually responding to what the American people want. Plus, I ran for president. I had all these experiences. And it's like, how do you convey that to the American people in a, in a way that I can get a message out. But in a novel, it's interesting, all your other books have been, have not, you know, not been novels. Nonfiction, yeah. And now sure. you're, is this fun? Oh, it's different, Poppy. And that's one reason I did have a writing partner because, you know, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an experienced novelist. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I was running for president, my campaign team would always whisper in my ear, bio, bio, um, mm. because what, what they are saying is that people need to attach themselves to stories and narratives. Yeah. Uh, and we wanted to write this novel so that we could 
construct a narrative that paints a vivid picture of how the next election could go if we don't get our acts together. Well, the book is called The Last Election. It's a fascinating book. Um, not bad for first shot at being a novelist. Oh, well, thank you, Phil. I appreciate it. <laughs> we appreciate He's your a time, tough Andrew. Critic, so. No, it was, it was good. It was a really yeah. good read. It was yeah. a fast read. Um, appreciate your time. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you.